It's an all-new season of the Football NYC Big Blue Breakdown podcast on YesNetwork.com. Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy of BigBlueInteractive.com give the best Giants analysis week to week. And now, Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown podcast, an up-close look at the New York football Giants. Joe Cow, along with Eric Kennedy from the Big Blue Interactive website, the number one fan message board on the web. If you're looking for some Giants scoops, if you're looking for some clues on how they're going to beat the Packers this week, if you're looking for who's going to be the replacement head coach, which has been the talk all week on the, on the website, you know, that's a great place to go. And I hate now, with a month left in the season, thinking about finding a new coach, but people in New York, the press in New York, that's the first thing they do. And Eric, I don't know what I could say about Monday night's defeat. You know, we've been away for a couple of weeks here, and all you know what has kind of broke loose. We go from the high of beating New England in New England and and ending their home winning streak and being at 6-2, and and you look at the next couple of games and you think, well, they have a shot at the 49ers, and they actually really did have a shot to win that game. But I think that the real, real surprise was – how poorly they played against a Eagles team that was missing a number of key players, including their starting quarterback. Um, and then, you know, the going to go into New Orleans and have what just happened there. And, you know, we've gone from six and six and two now to six and five and, and the undefeated Packers are coming to town and, you know, the Giants are facing a six and six record with the four games left to go. And, and it shows you how quickly things can change in football. You're at the pinnacle at one minute and, and down down at the bottom the next. Yeah, and I think the real turning point was indeed the Eagles game because, you know, you took the loss against San Francisco and it was a road game and you did lose it basically as you were trying to tie it on the final drive within, you know, 20 yards or less from trying to tie it up. But the Eagle game just left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because it was a divisional game, and it was one of those games where the carrot was right there where the Giants could put away a divisional foe. They can get a great win at home in the division where they would need against the Cowboys, and they really just came out with no energy, and they just looked really lackluster, and I think pretty much carried over into New Orleans, and it just you didn't see any life there. You know, and, and what I was upset about was, forget about the defense. The defense just never showed up. But with the offense, you know, Eli does one of these really nice-looking drives on the first one of the game, and, and you go down into the end zone, and this was, I thought, Eli's fault where he just threw a bad pass, and it just didn't look like the offense caught wind again until maybe the third quarter. And by that time, you give Drew Brees and his team, you know, all these opportunities, you're going to be down by at least 21 points. Yeah, what's weird about this team is this. They're putting up all kinds of – offensive numbers in terms of passing game it, it, the rushing game is just non-existent for the Giants it's 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 terrible and and that's that's really it shows you how well Eli's playing that was a bad pass as you mentioned um but the, he has no running game the offensive line has been spotty at best you can make the argument that the Giants have a you know a subpar offensive line a subpar running game because Bradshaw's out Jacobs isn't running particularly well I don't think anyone would say Jacobs is one of the better running backs in the NFL and the offensive line certainly isn't playing all that well and neither as blockers are the tight ends or the fullback so the passing game carrying them on offense and they're putting up big numbers but the weird thing is they can't they, they can't score in the first first half this is the fourth game in a row they have not scored a touchdown in the first half of a the game they're going up and down the field 
but they're not putting the ball in the end zone until the second half. And that's why we're getting into so many of these games. Now, it didn't happen on Monday night, but that's why they're getting in so many of these games where they're having to tie or win the game on the last drive because they're having to come from behind in a lot of these games. It's, it's, it's very, very strange. And to go back just for a second, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago when we did our last show. I, I said that 49er game, you know, some people are shaking that off and saying, yeah, you know, that's not a bad loss. I thought it was a bad loss because I thought that was a game they could have and should have won. Um, I did not expect them to perform the way they did against Philadelphia. And to lose that game was devastating. That was just a devastating game because that turned – the games against the Packers and, 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 and Saints into almost must-win games because the Cowboys aren't that impressive, but they're winning. And, and they may just win the division by default now because Philadelphia is almost all but out of it. And the Giants are, again, they're looking at 6-6, six and six, and they're probably going to be having to get into a situation where they'll have to run the table in their last four games in order to catch the Cowboys. And I'm not sure they can do that. And then Dallas, Dallas may win this division by default, even though I don't think they're all that good. Sure, and if you look at it, I mean, the last four games, everybody's automatically giving them a loss this week. Let's hope we still have some of that magic <laughs> of when they defeated the last two undefeated teams that were that had a record going. The Broncos many years ago with uh, Kent Graham to Amani Toomer, and when the Giants also ended the undefeated streak a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, in which everybody remembers. Two AFC teams, really weird, and the Giants ended both of their streaks. But to get to this game this week, you know, sure, everybody can say this has the perfect makings for an upset. The Giants are that type of team that could do this based on what I saw on Monday night where would I say that this defense has any way at all of coming up with a solution of stopping Aaron Rodgers because it just looked like Drew Brees once again picked on the Giants I mean this is the third or fourth straight time where Drew Brees has put up almost you know 40 points or more against the Giants and Sean Payton they love beating up the Giants and making them look clueless on defense so this was nothing new and this this game has shades of those Four o'clock games where it's raining at Giants Stadium <laughs> and it's all Packer fans sitting there at the end, similar to when Dallas used to come in and beat the Giants and it was only Dallas fans in the, in the crowd and it's cold on a Sunday night. And you hope it doesn't get like that because I could just see the Giants just really just giving up on the season after that. But you are right. It may come down. It's probably going to come down to the last four games. And the four games are winnable games by anybody taking a step back and looking at them. But... I can understand Giants saying now, based on what? What can we see from the Giants in the last couple of weeks since they walked off the field against New England, which makes them believe that they can even win the Redskins game uh, uh, coming up or beat Dallas twice or even beat the Jets? Yeah, well, it's going to be a matter of confidence. You know, assuming they lose to the Packers, and I, I know everyone's hanging their hat on the, the Denver game back in, when was that, 98, I think it was, um, but and 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 the undefeated. But the the problem is is this is, I, I, we had good defensive coordinators when we had those upsets. I, I'm I've been on the fence with Perry Fuel, and I'm sort of falling on the side now where I think we might not have the right defensive coordinator. I just get the sense. I it just you, you still see guys in the secondary looking confused and looking at each other during the game, and we're we're in the 11th week of the season. Um, and that shouldn't be happening. It's a veteran group. Uh, that makes more sense with the linebackers with all the inexperience, but not the secondary. And the two of the worst performances in Giants history, in Giants history, have been under his watch, was last year when the Giants went to Green Bay 
and they gave up uh, a gazillion yards in that game and set a record for one of the worst defensive performances in team history. And then, and then on Monday night, that was the, actually the second worst performance in team history in terms of yardage, um, which is astounding. It, it, it was, it was, he had to go back, I think it was 68 years in the last time they gave up that, that much yardage in a football game. And, you know, the Saints and the Packers are, are – our style of offense that Perry Fuel doesn't seem to know how to stop. He has a defensive line; it's a little bit beat up. He has a, he has secondary that's mostly intact, other than you know losing Terrell Thomas at the beginning of the year. But he doesn't seem to have a feel to how to stop this kind of offense, or even slow it down. That's the problem. I mean, the 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 the, the Saints had 11 possessions and and they scored touchdowns on seven of the 11 possessions and they were all long drives except for one where there was a turnover. They were going 80 yards in six or seven plays and at the end of the first half they went they went 80 yards uh, more than 80 yards in 35 seconds. I mean, they just can't slow anybody down and that that's why that I think, you know, this this game is against the Packers is 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 you know, this is going to be a tough one, and, and and like you said, it has visions of you know a four o'clock game, the stands being with Packer fans, and for some odd reason, the Giants picked this game to induct the next five members of their Ring of Honor. And I remember back um, when they retired Phil Simms' jersey, and that was a thirty-five nothing game against the Cowboys. And it's funny that you mentioned the Cowboys, but I have thoughts of that game coming up too. Yeah, and and you you know what? If anybody tells me. Uh... Uh, the la based on the last two weeks that the Giants still have the best defensive front in the league, I'm going to tell them to take a walk because they haven't <laughs> sniffed the quarterback in two weeks now, so they've got no kind of pass rush. Thank God for Jason Pierre-Paul, or else that game they would have scored at least 60 points on the Giants Right. if he wasn't playing in the game, so you do have at least a bright spot there. Ozunior, I'm basically writing him off for the rest of the season. I can't see why he would even want to try to get back on the field, especially if the Giants lose the next two games or lose you know, two of the next three games. And... You know, you, you see it now in the whole second half of the season, all the linebackers looking at each other and trying to go into coverage. They're young linebackers. I think Herzlich and, and, and uh, uh, these other guys are going are gonna to be decent. But as far as plugging them in this year, it's certainly not the answer right now, but it's kind of all the Giants have right now. Yeah. And then, as you mentioned before, you're right. On any, every big pass play, you basically have the DBs just looking at each other and throwing their hands up in the air. And, you know, I just don't like the way this team is turning as far as everybody being so outspoken, but in the wrong reasons. I mean, you have Antro Roll, who's become a really outspoken member of the team after only being here for a season and a half. You have Michael Boley making some statements about a coach that he's only played for now for a couple of years. By the way, this coach has won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's not criticism. Maybe it's not he's an awful guy, but it's just kind of stuff that you really don't need now. And... You know, to stick up a little bit for Tom Coughlin, this is a guy who three weeks ago we were talking about being coach of the year when they walked off the field yep. against the New England Patriots because yep. the Giants were overachieving so much after that game and doing something they didn't expect. Well, you know, after three losses, everything changes. But I think everybody has in the back of their mind what the Giants have done the last couple of years, and that is the late-season breakdown. And listen, they won 10 games last year, Eric, okay? 10 games is not bad in this league. It didn't get them to the playoffs. They needed to win 11. They didn't do it. But two years ago was an absolute disgrace 
when they walked off the field against the Carolina Panthers, and I am the most diehard Giant fan there is out there. I felt cheated. I felt that my team just gave me no energy, and that wasn't even the last game of the season. Right. They went and took a shellacking against the Minnesota Vikings right. to end out that season. I wish they didn't even play that Minnesota game. I would have sat there and watched little rascal reruns on Sunday <laughs> afternoon instead of watching that game, believe me. And I had that type of feeling when I watched the second half of this game the other night. Sure, Eli came to life, and he was throwing some passes, and you know he had a streak going. It, it was too little too late because you knew in the back of your head, no matter what the Giants did, they weren't going to stop New Orleans when they needed to. Right. And it, it, it is that, you know, the, the, the crux of the matter is this, is it, you mentioned it earlier in the show, is Tom Coughlin on the hot seat, and obviously he is. Um, I think his biggest problem in, throughout his history is he's not been the best guy at picking coordinators. I think that's gotten him in the, in, in the most hot water. I mean, he's, he's, he's really struggled, except for Spagnolo. he's really struggled picking defensive coordinators. And then before Gilbride was there, um, it was Huffnagel that they had, and they had problems with him. And obviously the special teams guy has been a problem from the start. I think he's also a victim of expectations. This team wasn't supposed to be 6-2, and two, or at least it wasn't supposed to be 6-2 and two the way they got there. No one would thought they'd beat New England. No one before the season started thought they'd go into Philadelphia and beat Philadelphia. So they got the 6-2, and two, but, you, but, but so the, then the expectation level rises, and and. The question is, are the Giants really all that good? I don't think they're all that good. Now, we can debate the reasons why that is, but Eli's playing out of his mind this year. Um, They have some good receivers. Um, The defense has been way up and down, really inconsistent, and obviously it didn't show up last week. And it actually played fairly well against Philadelphia except for that one drive, which was a a big exception. But for the most part, they played fairly well in Philadelphia. Um, but there, I think there are talent issues, um, and some of it's injury related on this, and some of it's experience related with the linebackers on this roster. And you can make the argument that that this team overachieved in the first half, and now now he, he's a victim of expectations. Now that being said, what you're getting out is 100% correct too. You don't expect them going into a game like the one in the Meadowlands with Philadelphia, and them to have that kind of performance. You, you you might expect them to lose the New Orleans, but you certainly don't expect them to have a performance like that, especially coming off a loss. It, it, and if down the stretch we run into a situation like we did back in, in, in 2009, like against the Vikings and against the Panthers, then Coffin's really, really on the hot seat because – if, the, if teams start blowing, if Dallas comes in, if the Giants get blown out by Dallas in two games, I, I think Tom's gone. And I think it's not all his fault, but I think it's easier. It's always easier to replace the coach than it is to replace the players. And that's one of the unfortunate things about, about the, this sport and this profession. And I, I just think that they'll have to make a change. Yeah, and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm a, I agree with you. I don't think the Giants are a very good team. I think they're, they're a mediocre team. And I do think that they got everybody excited because, oh, they basically did what they did in the last couple of years. They played well in September and in October. And I just think that after the Giants walked off the field against San Francisco, and this is my point, you, both, you said it that you didn't think that was a good loss. It was a loss. And 
But I think Giant fans, if they could be satisfied with a loss, you could be satisfied with that type of loss. I think the last two weeks leave a very, very yeah. bad taste in Giant fans' mouth. Yeah. Because, come on, Eric, let's look at their home game so far. Okay, they played a lousy first half against the Miami Dolphins and ended up winning that game, and a lousy first half against the Buffalo Bills and ended up winning that game. So you tell me, where have the Giants proven themselves this year at home? Okay, not once, not once. So if a team can't do that at home, they can't be considered a playoff team. I also think people's expectations rose higher this year because nobody had any idea that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to be this bad and their record was going to be like this, and the NFC East would be wide open. Now, come on, the Dallas Cowboys are winning games the last couple of weeks, you know, by very slim margins, but they are winning, and that is all they have to do now is, is win games like that, and they are, and then beat the Giants, and they're going to be given the division. So I think, you know, a couple of things got the Giant fans really motivated this year, and they thought, and I believe me, after I saw Tom Coughlin being hoisted in the air, I was so happy for him the New England game because I really like Tom Coughlin and I just I, I really think that he is going to suffer the fate of this team at the end of the season and they're going to go in a different direction, unfortunately, if they go about it like you said, by showing no nothing, especially if they lose to the Cowboys. And a team like the Jets, where the Giants have really, the organization, I think, has, has a big rivalry going right now with the Jets organization. And I think if they had a bad showing against the Jets, I think that would play into it too. And you heard John Mara a couple years ago saying how disgusted he was after the Carolina game, like my, most Giant fans were. Well, we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about the Giants' last month of the season. This is Football NYC's. Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. Joe Callow on a bit of a rampage today. You know, not a happy Giant fan today. I still believe there's hope, but we're going to be right back and talk about the next month. YesNetwork.com's award-winning coverage includes blogs and columns from the pros who have their pulse on New York sports. It's truly a one-stop source for all of the best videos, news, and information on the web. That's all at YesNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Breakdown. Once again, here are Joe Callow and Eric Kennedy. Welcome back, everybody, to Football NYC's Big Blue Breakdown. Joe Callow, Eric Kennedy, just recapping the Giants' awful loss, really awful loss to the New Orleans Saints. And you don't have to hear it from me. You just have to look at the score and you just have to look at the faces of the Giants players on the bench, which gets a lot of Giant fans mad. It made me stick, sick to my stomach when I saw something like that. And I just see Justin Tuck uh, sitting there looking like he lost his mother. And, you know, you, you see guys, you know, like Jason Pierre-Paul, who's really giving his all. I tell you, every play, I mean, this guy's just running up and down the field. And you see the poor guy, he's out of breath on the sidelines. And the Giants just looking around for answers. And doesn't get any easier as we spoke. We have Aaron Rodgers, the number one quarterback in the universe right now. And the Green Bay Packers coming in now. Eric, if I was going to give you the coaching hat and you looked at this Green Bay offense and you are Perry Fuel this week, what exactly is your game plan? Well, you pray Michael Bowley could make it back, and I guess he was he practiced today on a limited basis. So if you can get him back on the field, that'll at least help you a little bit on, with the under coverage. But I would, you know, I think Perry Fuel's been playing scared. I think he's been playing, um, you know, rushing three and four and playing a lot of guys in coverage because he doesn't want to give up the big play, which makes perfect sense um, in, 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 in a lot of ways because you've got a lot of inexperience at the linebacker position. But it's not working, especially when you're, you're dealing with a surgeon at quarterback like, like an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees. And I, I think you go into this game, if you're going to win, you're going to have to be bold, you're going to have to be aggressive. And I would just play tight bump 
bump and run coverage with my secondary, um, and you know, get hopefully Michael Bully plays, and 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 you take you, you you blitz, you you come after you come after Rogers. Just, one of the problems the Giants are really having this year is Justin Tuck is just not. Justin Tuck. He's been beat up the whole year. He never really he got hurt in the preseason. And he's never really recovered, and he's been accumulating other injuries, and that's really hurt them. And now OC, I, I agree with you. I think he's he's definitely out for two weeks. It sounds like, and I think mentally he might be checking out. Um, uh, so we'll have to see. But you got JPP. You got a beat up Tuck. I think you're going to have to bring some some you're going to have to blitz more. I would be aggressive and take my chances. If they're going to you know hit some big plays against you, so be it. But I would go down um playing aggressive. I, I the soft zone, the rushing three men, it's not working and anyone who's seen Aaron Rodgers this year, he's just going to eat that up. Not, 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 that's not to say he won't eat up the the aggressive man coverage either, but I'd rather take my chances that way. And you know what's unbelievable is that yeah, I don't know how the Giants are going to do it either, but a victory on Sunday would be, I tell you, we'll be sitting here next week talking about the Giants in a way different light if they can just pull off this game. And it shows you how week-to-week everything is in the NFL where this game could be huge in both ways. It could you know, pretty much put the Giants in a downward spiral or it could really just change their season around and really have positive hopes going into the last month of the season. Now on the offensive side of the ball, I'm through with seeing Jacobs run the ball. I don't need to see Jacobs run the ball anymore. I can count to 10 before he can get to the line. It looks like Ron Dane all over again. Now, I'm guilty. I've been yelling about Darrell Scott all season. I love Darrell Scott, and, you know, he fumbles the ball, and and you just can't do something like that. You see Tom Coughlin's face. So, you know, I definitely don't think Danny Ware is the answer in running back, so hopefully Ahmad Bradshaw comes back, and who would thought Ahmad Bradshaw is going to be the savior, you know, of this running game, and I, I, I love Ahmad Bradshaw. I think he's a very tough runner. And let's hope these receivers play this week. You know, let's hope Knicks and let's hope Manningham plays because, you know, Victor Cruz has really come into his own. And I don't think he's a number one receiver, but, you know, he's one of those type of guys that can sneak up on you. And Eli seems to really trust him in some spots. And, you know, and I'm trying to stay positive here. I'm trying to be a, Gi- a positive Giants fan. You know, Ballard had a terrible game against the, against the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, but he's had a really good season. And a guy I've been down on since the Giants got him because he's always been hurt. I like the way I'm seeing Ramsey's Warden pulling the ball now too, and he's really showing his size out there. The couple times he does catch the ball. Yeah, and he's going to be critical because it sounds like Manningham might be out this week. He he just said he's fifty fifty. He said his knees doesn't feel too stable, so you know he might not be out. He might not be playing this week. Cruz is is really an amazing story in this sense. Not only did he not he come out of nowhere and he's having the season he has, but you really have to look at the numbers he's putting up. You know, you said he's not a number one receiver, and he might not be, but he's putting up number one numbers. He's he has a chance to challenge Toomer's single season record here. I think um, in terms of yardage, um, he's he's having and, and this is his first year starting for an undrafted rookie free agent um, from two years ago. It, it's an incredible story, and, and to have him come out and, and we've talked about this many times, but. It really is. It's just it's tremendous, and thank God he's playing as well as he is, or or they'd be in in a, in a lot of trouble. Um, I have this horrible. It's both good and horrible feeling that the Giants are going to be at nine and six 
going into that final game against Dallas. I just I don't know what it is, but I have this feeling that somehow they're going to get to to that uh-huh. game and uh-huh. they're going to blow that game. That's that's what I just have this for because you know how it has been with with yeah. this. It's been you know the Coughlin's and and thank goodness this it didn't work out this way. But back in 2006, he almost was out of here. And they held on to him, and he went on to won a Super Bowl. I have this feeling that people are writing him off. They may get crushed this weekend, and then they go, they win their next three games, and they get into that final. And they just, for like you said, they just don't play well at home for some reason. There you I go. You hit it. it. You it. hit it right there. Yeah. You hit it right there. Why I would not be confident either. You know why? Because if they did do what they say, what you said they would do, then it'd be perfectly set up where the Giants have a home game to finish out the season. It would be so perfectly set up yep. that the Giants would lose it. Now, if the game and were that would in, be typical Giants. There you go. If the game was in <laughs> Dallas, I yep. feel very confident about winning the game. I feel very confident that the Giants will pull through. But because it would be so perfectly set up that the Giants would have a chance to do this at home, you know why? Eric, that's how it was set up two weeks ago when the Eagles came into town. Yeah. It was so perfectly set up. And what did the Giants do? They laid a big, fat egg, and it was yeah. awful. So, yeah, you know what? I, look, as a, as a positive Giants fan, uh, I don't even want to write off this week. You never know. You never know. The Giants could have a no, great could, game. No, they could them. do yeah. it. I mean, they actually yeah. could do it. I mean, Detroit hung with Green Bay in that first half of that game last week, and, and Green Bay's got a couple of offensive linemen out this week. So they could they could actually stick with them this week. I, I They could do it. I don't think they will, but I, it would not shock me if they, they pulled off the upset. Um, but it, it would not shock me if they lose badly, and, but then win the next three in a row either. Sure. Sure, and you know what? That's only us. That's not us being negative. That's just us being longtime Giant fans, <laughs> and we kind of see the trend of this team. You know, just as just as we can see the Giants maybe somehow upsetting the Green Bay Packers this week because the Giants have done this in the past. We can also see the Giants being set up for failure that last you know week of the season where they don't get into the playoffs. But you know what, Eric? Let's hope that they get to that point, which means that the next month will be a very, very, very successful and happy month with a happy holiday and everything yes, like that for Giant fans. So let's hope. We get to that point. Let's hope the Giants come out of this game this week, you know, showing us some effort, showing the home fans that they really want to stay in this, and showing Tom Coughlin that they really want to play for him. Because I do like Tom Coughlin, and I think that, you know, when he is gone, people are going to look back and say, you know what, that Coughlin wasn't a bad coach, you know. And I hope they put him in the same category with, with the Bill Parcells, because I think Tom is a very good coach. It's just that he's. You know, he's misread by the media because everybody assumes this stuff about him. And all these players that take those stupid polls and they say, which coach would you not want to yeah. play for? Well, you know what? You saw a lot of love for this man after that New England game. And you know what it is? Winning brings all this. When you're yeah. losing, you're not going to say any of that. But one game, when you, win, when you win a game, it changes the whole mentality. And let's hope we're sitting here next week talking about a giant victory. Let's cross our fingers. We don't need to even cross the toes this week. But yeah. we may pull it off. Eric we, just don't wanna, we just don't want to see him get blown out. I mean, just show some effort, like you said. Yeah. Show some effort. And, show some passion. Stay in the game. And I hate going into a game saying that, saying yeah. that, all right, doesn't matter if they lose, just show some effort, show some compassion. Yeah. But after the New Orleans game, I think that's what all Giant fans are saying to themselves right now. Well, Eric, thank you for joining us each and every week here on Giants Big Blue Breakdown Podcast. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully after a Giants upset victory against the Packers. Until next week, folks, stay true, stay blue.